welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 612, recorded live on October 27th, 2019. And here are your hosts, the man who was sitting around last Sunday, Dave Pillay. Hey! And the man who uh, was running his umpteenth half marathon, Andy Lowe. Hi. Was it, was it actually an umpteenth? Uh, no. I'd have to look at the, I'd have to look at the, uh, my race sheet to figure out how many it's been. <laughs> I, I was like, <clears throat> your race sheet. Do you have like a single document of that, that you keep adding to? Is that a yes. standard thing among, amongst racers? Well, that's a standard thing about me and my data collection. Here. Okay. Well, that's, that's what I was curious. Like, was this you or was this some hitherto unknown aspect of marathoning that like you have a character sheet? Nope. That should be on which drive is that? Is that on Super Ego? Yes. That's right. You named your hard drives after Freud. Yeah. 5K, 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 10K, 5K, 10-miler, 5K. Half marathon number one was 2010. Two, three, four, five. And then I started getting into full marathons. Which I guess would count double. <laughs> Do you want to count them as double? Go for it. 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24. Not bad. This is also my 44th race, which I forgot to actually put the data in for this time. Tisk tisk, Andy. Well, I'm sorry. I'm, you know, <coughs> been a bit busy. But yes. Yeah, so last week, I was uh, at this time still trying to get out of Detroit. <laughs> I was sitting here going like, "Where? Where is Andy? Are we going to start soon?" Like. Andy texts, I'm in Detroit. I'm like, oh, oh, right. He was at a marathon. Wait, he's still in Detroit. Hmm. Yeah. Probably not recording today, which was totally fine because I had a terrible cold. You can still hear it. And, and I apologize ahead of time for all of the like snorks, which is the technical term and the coughs and the just, the snorks <clears throat> that. Ah, okay. You come up with a better word for that. I don't know. Okay. Finish time 249.27. But I uh, I took a You're couple of... You're doing your data entry right now, aren't you? Yes. I also took a couple of pauses at the at the end I, of the I, race. I assume there was a, a family member waiting there, or perhaps two. Yes, they were waiting, and there was a chain link fence, so I, mm. uh, I talked to them for a bit. And then I Aww. also went and uh, took a selfie before the finish line. Yeah. I literally, you know, was running towards the finish line. I literally, like, pull off right before the very end, and I, you know, take a selfie just because, you know. Because you can? Because I can. 249.27. And wanted to, and you ran a half marathon. Now, did you run a half marathon? You ran a half marathon after essentially not running for, like, what, a year? Uh, yes, there was, between the last half marathon, uh, October 21st, 2018, I ran a total of... Three times each, approximately about a half hour. So I ran a, about an hour and a half total. And then, yeah, I, I ran half marathon uh, 1240, what did I say? 1256. 1256. Yeah. So, you know, pretty damn good. Yep. Congratulations on perpetuating one of the two, like, super early developments of mankind. But the as ability species, to just. Yeah. Run. Yeah. As a species, we are good at two things. Like, in the animal kingdom, besides the whole idea of, like, thinking and making tools in order to make more tools, uh, we are distance runners and we are throwers. Yeah, I could see that. And if you think about, like, what do we do recreationally, games like Tag is all about running and Catch, right? Mm -hmm. There you go. That's, that's how you can get me to a baseball game, Andy, is reframe it as a hunting ritual. <laughs> Wow. Okay. So I'm just looking at my yeah. last, my last four races have all been half marathons, 248, yeah. 256, 246, 249. So you, you didn't lose any time by not running for almost an entire year. Yeah. Good for you, man. So that's really impressive. <laughs> oh yeah. That was that, that 248 of the first part. That was actually after I ran a 5k mere, you know, half hour beforehand. <laughs> the warm up. Yeah, no, that was one of those races where it's like, okay, you can run the 5K, and then we're going to start the half marathon afterwards. So if you finish the 5K early enough, you know. You can just keep just keep running. Yeah, I didn't really train for that I mean, either. really, what's what's another five kilometers after you've done, like, a half marathon? No, 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 you run the Which five kilometers first. Right, but but I'm, yes, Andy, yeah. I know that the 5K is first, but really you're just adding 5K onto the distance of a half marathon. Yeah. 
So when you are five kilometers from finishing the half marathon, you've just run a half marathon. So yeah. what's another five kilometers? Yeah, no. It's, yeah, it's it's another like 20, 30 minutes total. That's yeah, it. I mean, you, you're you already running 13 miles. What's another three? I also got to show you one of the uh, photos that um, <clears throat> I got from the race. If it's the photo of you through the chain link fence, I've seen it. No. Okay. Different photo? Yes. Is it your selfie? No. Oh, I think I've seen that one too. So I guess that's okay. <laughs> I've seen a lot of photos from your race, actually, now that I think about it. <laughs> the uh, part of the perks of dressing up like Waldo <clears throat> during the run uh, yeah, is that, you know, I am now in the background of other people's of race photos. photos. Yeah. <laughs> You know, Waldo. Yeah, just Waldo just in the back of your race photo. Waldo in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, why not? Yeah. So what you you posted to Facebook that you were you were done with this marathon because the logistics of Detroit is just too much. Yes. So what do you think about like my proposal? <laughs> what driving farther for longer or driving for longer? No, I'm saying like you drive farther. Yes, but you you'd stay longer. I uh, would I I I assume so. Probably not because I would have to come back for work. Most of the time when I go to the races, I am like in and out as quickly as possible. Yeah. But if you turned it into like a vacation, there's a place to stay. There's stuff to do. It's Madison. We have a zoo here. Yeah, we'll have to figure it out. We'll see. We'll see how uh, next month goes. Not next month. Two months. What's going on in the next two months? We're going uh, down to North Carolina on December 7th. Fun. Yes. And we're flying. Ooh. Yep. All right. Yeah, nothing like flying with a two-year-old. We'll see how this goes. You'll be fine. Yeah, it turns out there's actually uh, direct flights from Detroit to Raleigh. And Raleigh cool. is an hour's drive away from Fayetteville, which is where we're actually going. Ah, uh, seeing Cat? Yes. Like, who's out in North Carolina? Right, Cat's out in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, just the, the logistics of Detroit. It was, okay, you know, I have to get over there the day before, before the expo closes in order to pick up the packet, which means now I'm on the east side of the state. And one of the first years we stayed outside of Detroit to get a cheaper hotel, but then you have to drive into Detroit at, you know, six o'clock in the morning or earlier in order to get a parking space and then go over to, you know, the race. And then after you're done running, you know, you'd have to go back to your car and then go drive back to the hotel and make sure, you know, you shower and everything before the hotel, you know, kicks you out. So, you know, the the options were staying in downtown Detroit, but then everybody's staying in downtown Detroit. So the hotel is not a cheap option, especially since it's Detroit. And then, you know, then you have to try and basically work your way out of Detroit, which is not bad some years, but when it's a Lions home game against <laughs> Minnesota. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it, the, the logistics of that race just sound terrible. Yeah. If if I was local, it would, you know, it wouldn't be as bad, but not being local was just, ugh. Now, if I, you had like a place to stay with parking and transportation to and from the race. We'll have to figure it out. Okay. I've got, I've got time. <clears throat> you got, yeah, like a year. <laughs> I mean, less than that. Kate just you, said we're not going to Wisconsin. <laughs> Dang. I'll get you guys out here at some point. Foiled again. No, it's not logistically easier at all. It's hard enough driving up to the cottage with Isaac. <laughs> okay, we can we can probably talk about this later. <laughs> yes, Kate's got other logistics too. Okay. So, I don't know where to go from this. I, I don't know. I, I guess we go to topics, question mark? <clears throat> How, how's your Ingress stats? Uh, I haven't really been. You doing... were in Detroit. Did you did you get more portals? Yes, yes, I did. I think I got thirty five new portals. Because like that's a big opportunity, right? Well, yes, but we kind of just you know stayed in the hotel. We we went to the expo, picked up our packet, came back to the hotel. We went out and got pizza, came back to the hotel, and then um, I had you know I have to be up ready to go at six something right. in the morning. Yeah, so I, we some ungodly hour. Yeah, we didn't we didn't do much. Right, but I do have to say we took the we took the people mover to the expo yeah. hall. Oh my god, that was that was like a game in itself. Because the people mover is not really on the Ingress map. So it's kind of like trying to guess, you know, what portals could I fully, you know, deploy, fully deploy, which, you know, which ones could I partially deploy Which like, which ones do I have a chance to, to hack with glyphs? Which ones do I just, you know, hack without, you know, it was, it was just pure chaos. It was, it was literally (laughs) like 15 to 20 minutes of, I was just tapping away. Yeah. Oh my gosh. 
which is is great on Ingress that you can just like um you can hack no matter what speed you're going. Yes. In Go and in Harry Potter, like there's a, a speed limit in the game. Yeah, where the stuff doesn't even populate if you're going above a certain speed. Yep. In Ingress, it's just like, oh yeah, no, you clicked hack. Here you go. You got mm-hmm. this stuff, man. It's all yours. <clears throat> well, I have enough badges for level twelve. Nice. So it is now just a matter of an AP grind. Uh, and in fact, I'm only one badge short for level 13. <laughs> oh, really? You've got a platinum badge? Yeah. Oh, I, I've had a platinum badge for a, like a while. Ah. I got the recharger platinum badge. Yeah, I stopped. I stopped it for getting gold because I don't need level 13. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 31 unique portals visited. And that was all entirely on the people mover. Nice. So yeah, 31 portals visited in less than 15 minutes. <laughs> Um, as far as the recharger badge, it, it helps when you recognize that I have 80 portals at work. Oh, geez. And I spent the last like three months trying to keep them all charged. <laughs> that's, that's like a full-time job right there. Yeah, no, it, it was, I've, I've, I've burned through a lot of power cubes, uh, keeping those things up. Cause like, especially on the weekend, if I'm not really going out, I'm like, I have no energy. I have no stuff to, to give. And this weekend I just kind of gave up. I'm like, you know what? Forget it. They're just going to burn out. That's fine. Well, that's good. But for me, said, you know, after I got the recharger badge, I'm like, it serves me no purpose to keep these things up it, except yep. for levels six, seven, and eight portals. If I have a key yep. to one of those, I will keep those up come hell or high water Yeah, I because those are the portals I cannot make on my own. You know, that required somebody else at some point to come in and do some work. So I feel like, yeah, you know, I mean, how many people in the area play? I don't know. There's isn't there supposedly a way to actually see who the top people are in your like zone? Yeah, I mean, your zone is huge, but yeah. Well, how do I find that out? Uh, it's in the game. If you go to where did Hold that on. go? Go, go to, to the game. No, go. Oh, just hit the menu button and go to scores. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Headphones are recommended. Okay, so I'm in the I'm in the menu here. Where am I going? Oh, scores. Like, yeah, it scores. And then it tells you the top three and just hit show all. There oh, are sweet. there are eleven enlightened <clears throat> in our area. Yeah. And twenty-one resistance. I have twenty-seven enlightened and twenty-five resistance. And I am number eighteen on the resistance. Granted, from the that, top I, it looks like seven. I'm on the edge of a thing there. If I literally go a couple miles down the road, I'm in a different zone. What what zone are you in? AM01 Juliet eleven. Oh, I can't see that. I can only go up to Juliet seven. Oh. Oh, other cells. Yep. Yeah, I'm in AM01. One Juliet three. Well, how do I see? What, do I know what cell I'm next to? Uh, it's going to be Juliet ten or twelve. Ten is ten. It no, I don't know where that is. Uh, count down from yours. So yeah, it should be ten. <clears throat> if you go down, that's to the west. Oh, I see. I think maybe, maybe not, because Juliet zero zero is north of here. That's eight. weird. Juliet eight is is the is the coast of Michigan, Indiana. Okay, so eight's there. Nine. Where's nine? Nine's down. That's towards Indianapolis. 10 is slightly over from that. 12? Nope, 12 is Holland and Grand Rapids. <laughs> Grand Rapids. Wow. Grand Rapids actually looks like it's a happening place. Have you noticed the 90 frames per second on your new phone? No. Oh, we'll have to talk about that later. Okay. Uh, cool. Do we want to hit topics? We're sure. kind of bouncing around, not talking about anything. Both of us are staring at our phones playing Ingress right now. I'm just trying to find the right square. The right rectangle? Yeah. Ah. Anyway. Um, speaking of cell phones. Yeah. Uh, Samsung? Sure, we could talk about that one. That's It is a cell phone carrier, not carrier, maker. Yes. And they put a pseudo space satellite into the sky. Okay, what is a pseudo space satellite? I don't know. I'm just quoting the USA Today by calling it a pseudo, a pseudo Samsung space satellite fell from the sky Saturday morning in Gratiot, 45 okay, minutes west of Saginaw. Literally, what is a pseudo satellite in this context? I do not understand that. I don't know. The Samsung Space Selfie is a product project designed for their consumers to get their pictures in space. What? With over 200 hours at 65,000 feet above the Earth, the S10 5G will showcase the strength of Samsung's innovations and how it continues blah, 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 blah. What? That seems weird. Yeah, okay, so so Samsung launched a Galaxy S10 5G 65,000 feet <laughs> above the Earth to give consumers the chance to get their face in space. A, why? <laughs> Like their face in space or their face from space? Like through space selfie, Samsung is demonstrating the pioneering spirit, blah, blah, blah. Uh, 
how the space so okay how the mission will work yeah so they they put a high altitude weather balloon okay um uh, will ascend from a launch pan at south dakota carrying a payload box in which the s10 5g is held it will reach up to sixty-five thousand feet um, payload has been designed to ensure the best quality photos are captured by factoring the earth's curvature and reflective light from the sun back on earth eligible consumers are, are in f- with a chance to receive a photo of their face in space by taking a selfie using their smartphone and uploading it to the mission control website the s10 5g blah 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 pr 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 so yeah so they they built a little rig they sent it up with a weather balloon yeah where you could take a picture of your selfie and then of yourself of, right? yeah you could take a you could take a selfie and then upload it to the site and then some of those people would get the <clears throat> selfie on the cell phone and then they would have another camera take a picture of your selfie on the phone in space i'm I'm dumbfounded by the general idiocy of this plan and well, nonsensical and like why? What? Like what is the benefit here? <laughs> I don't know. <coughs> well, it doesn't really matter anymore though because the um <coughs> space selfie has now crash landed in Michigan. I mean, it was on a weather balloon. Yeah. So it was going was to it was going, going to fall to out of the sky at some point. <coughs> <coughs> I'm just, I don't know why they would do this. I love how they said, oh yeah, no, it can withstand the, the things of space. And it's like, you look at it and it's like, wait a second, you put it inside a box. So the box yeah, can... Just about, with- just about anything in in a box can withstand space. Yeah, that's that's how astronauts work. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Andy. And there's my title. That's how astronauts work. How astronauts work. <laughs> Thank you very much. Wow. Wow, Andy. Wow. Yeah, if you go to the Galaxy S10, it works in space. Yes. If you put it in a box. Yes. Was the box temperature controlled? I'm not sure. I'd have to see more about this box, but that means <clears throat> I would actually have to care about this. Or you could just drive out to Grayship. Yeah, that's true. And find the box. I have to drive all the way sure over. Sure has to... a, like, if found return to. <laughs> Well, it's clearly labeled with Samsung on the side, so I have a feeling they could probably... Um, well, so is my old phone. doesn't true. mean that's the property of Samsung. True. So yeah, so there, that's going on there. And then also, other cell phone news is... Um, so people tag wild animals to, trek, to track how they migrate, right? It's not yeah. new news. Um, so I guess some researchers in Russia tagged some Russian eagles to see how they migrate. Okay, like you do. Yeah, and I guess um, one of the birds, actually, no, it looks like two of the birds flew into Iran. Okay. And so the um, the, the tagging was transmitting back via SMS. <laughs> uh-huh. I think I see where this is going. So the, the, the bird, you know, the GPS location would send it via SMS going, hey, this is where I'm at, which the price per SMS <clears throat> in Kazakhstan uh, is 30 cents. Per message. Per message. And then SMS from Iran is 49 rubles. So whatever that is. In- so if 15 is 30, then 30 is 60, then 45 is 90 cents. So just over a dollar. Call it a dollar. Okay. So it was sending, every time it sent an SMS, message it was costing the company a dollar and according to them the one eagle while roaming in iran iraq (laughs) and kazakhstan iran and iraq wow wow um used up the entire tracking budget for all the birds why would you use sms i don't know so yeah so they 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 were like shoot we've got overage charges and roaming charges um Cost them over, yeah, over $1,000 in overage charges. So they went to uh, crowdfunding websites going, hey, can somebody pay our bird's cell phone bill? <laughs> but supposedly... I love I love that the bird has, has racked up these charges. It's like a kid with a cell phone, <laughs> yeah. right? You did what now? I went to Iran and Iraq and Kazakhstan. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, it's really cool data. Yeah. And the, the pictures that they took, like, that's awesome. That is a long flight. Could you imagine traveling that distance and then coming back? No. And and finding yourself in like the same place? Without a map? No. No, I would not. Um, but their the good news is their cell phone provider has caught wind of this and offered to cancel their debt and put the project on a special cheaper tariff. 
So, Aw, that's nice of them. Yes. So, mostly happy ending. Yes, the the bird cracked up charges. They said, oh crap, can somebody please bail us out? And the cell phone company's like, you know what, we got you on this one. It's, it's alright, this, okay. this is science. Yeah, so yeah. Props, science is good. Props to Megaphone for not being a jerk and, you know, requiring the debt things, unlike some of our U.S. cell phone carriers. Well, we can't say that yet. Like, we don't know what the U.S. carriers would do, right? Oh, wait. No, we do. Verizon fucking charged the firefighters. Yeah. So, yes, we do know what they would do, and it's terrible. Mm -hmm. So, other cell phone news. Yeah. Um, The New Hampshire state legislature rejected the Digital Fair Repair Act. Somebody, you know, brought the the act up. That's the right to repair cell phones. Yeah, the bill would have forced manufacturers such as Apple to share repair manuals and parts with independent repair stores. So, somebody, you know, brought this act to them, and they didn't kill the bill, but sent it back to committee for a year of interim studying, citing security security concerns and the words of one representative, the ubiquity, cheapness, and his opinion, disposability of new smartphones. <laughs> In the new future, cell phones are throwaways. Everyone will just get a new one. What? I mean, I've repaired a cell phone before. I had a, a cracked screen and I did the repair and it was just fine. And I got like another year out of the thing. These things are expensive. Yeah. Part of the problem is I, I definitely don't treat it for as valuable as it is. I do you have do you have another thousand dollar device that you just kind of throw around? Nope. Or hand to your two year old? Nope. <laughs> right. If I said, hey, here's a thing. It's a thousand dollars. You want to let your two year old have it? You'd be like, ah, maybe not. How many times has Isaac taken your cell phone? Oh, <laughs> countless. Right. Countless times. Right. Which I just find it kind I, of funny, though, is the fact that it's like, oh, you know, cell phones are throwaways. Everyone get a new one. I'm like, that's kind of what the right to repair is trying to fix. <clears throat> right. You're like, literally yes, making, the, uh, you're making the anti-argument against it. <laughs> Now, that said, this was a state house, right? Yes. So, I mean, even if it had passed, it would likely get a lawsuit. Mm -hmm. But, like, these are not throwaways. Granted, you know, every single time a new cell phone or something comes out, I always look at iFixit just to see what their repair score is. Mm -hmm. And it's not getting easier. No. Although, I will tell you, uh, I looked at iFixit the other day to look at the, the smartwatches that I have to see what it would take to repair those, and Jesus, like, they have a really good set of rundowns and, and tools to help you open these things up. <coughs> <coughs> Well, that's crappy, and this yeah. guy is an idiot. Which party is he? Uh, Republican. Uh, but, uh, nope, Democrat. He's a Democrat. No, sorry, Republican. R. Yeah. Sorry, I saw the R, R and the right. D right next to each other. Okay, yeah, no, R, Derry, as in Derry County. Or, yes. Yeah, he's a Republican. <sighs> okay, so the, the wireless charging thing, sorry, I'm looking at the, I'm on the iFixit homepage right now, and I'm looking at the wireless <laughs> charging thing is in the center. Yeah. It is in the center, so why the heck? Why is it so hard to find? Yeah. Because it needs to be, like, directly lined up. Yeah. Wait, no... Oh, there it is. There's a space between 4 and XL. Okay. LG G6 LCD and digitizer? What the hell is a digitizer? I don't know. What are you looking at? I was looking... They iFixit now just sells kits. Yeah. Which... And? I was looking to see a front glass digitizer screen and LCD display. Okay. So here's something that's not a topic, but we should probably bring up. Do you use a VPN? For personal stuff? No. Do you watch YouTube videos? We literally have YouTube running in the room next door. So a lot of YouTube channels, particularly lately, uh, have been, at least channels that I watch, uh, have been sponsored by NordVPN. Have you heard about NordVPN, Andy? No. It's a VPN provider, and they, they are one of those groups that like does a lot of YouTube advertising, so a lot of the smaller YouTube channels... It'll okay. be like, go to NordVPN slash, like, oversimplified, and there's a link, and you can get stuff, and I get money, yay! I like NordVPN, it's like, supposed to be a super secure VPN. Yeah, they were hacked. Oh! Actually, like, three of the largest VPN providers were hacked recently. And that's, that's dangerous! Yes, yes it is. Because the whole idea of using a VPN like that is that the the information is encrypted between you and the VPN. But if they hit the VPN and they got the keys that are used to decrypt it, then all of your information that you're thinking is encrypted is no longer encrypted. 
Oh, goodness. Well, speaking of hacking, yeah. um, the Adobe Creative Cloud had an issue. Uh-oh. Seven million Adobe Creative Cloud users were exposed. Oh, Okay. The Elasticsearch database could be tapped without a password or any other authentication, <laughs> offering an attacker access to email addresses, account information on which Adobe products that users purchased. The data did not include did not include payment info or passwords. So at least there's that. My cousin works for Elasticsearch. So so they had. Come on. Cover the exposed database. Database could be tapped without a password, any authentication. It had all the email address and account information. Great. So yeah, so they they can't get in because there's no password information, but you have a list of emails, so people will just basically cold call phishing emails. Yep. And sooner or later, somebody's going to bite. Oh, of course. Because there's 7 million addresses. Especially if you, like, send it from, you know, spoofed from Adobe. Yeah. And just have it be like, hey, we need you to change your setting because we got hacked. And then it has you log in to a fake page. And then you log in, and now they have your password. And now they just, like, brute force and check that password against a bunch of other things that also have that email. Yep. I really should start getting people to start using two-factor authentication at work. Uh, our our security team has not given us the choice. <laughs> yeah, we're we're technically, according to company policy, not allowed to force people to use two factor authentication, but we can strongly recommend it. I think I'm not sure if it's official for the IT staff to use two factor, but I know that we all do, just because you know we're all IT people. <laughs> <laughs> but I know I know some salespeople who do it, and some salespeople who don't. So granted, I know a salesperson who still has a flip phone. Uh, factor is a little harder than that. Yep. Well, actually, not really because, uh, well, it's slightly harder because um, the, uh, one of the things we have there, we'll send them a, kind of do the eBay thing where they'll send them a text message with the yeah, six-digit code. I mean, depending on how worried you are, SMS is not encrypted. Nope, no, it's not. So sending a text message is, like, not great. But SMS is probably on its way out. I did see that. Because of the CCM I, the cross-carrier messaging initiative. This was Google effectively saying, we're done, we tried, we give up, forget it, it's in the hands of the carriers now. And the carriers, all four of them, AT&T, <laughs> Verizon, T-Mobile, and Sprint, issued the same all joint... All major ones, let's That's be clear. What other... <laughs> There, there are other ones, just not in the U.S. and not very big in the U.S. U.S. cell phone carriers. There's got to be a list. List of U.S. Cell, United States Wireless Communications Service Providers. Okay. AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, Sprint. Subscribers. Let's go by subscribers. Well, those are all unknown. AT&T subscribers, 160 million. Verizon Wireless subscribers, 153 million. 154 if I round up. <laughs> T-Mobile, 83 million. Sprint, 54 million. Next one down on the list. U.S. Cellular, 5 million. Yeah, but those 5 million people exist, Andy. You can't yes, just I know that is them. True. Yes, I, I understand that those 5 million people exist. And then the next step down, C-Spire like Wireless has 1.2 million. million. Yeah. Then Chantel. Oh, okay. sorry, that's a, that's a Sprint affiliate, so that doesn't actually count. But, but coming back, coming back. CCMI, cross-carrier messaging initiative? Yes. Okay. Saying all they're, four of them are going to gonna say they're going to replace SMS, SMS messaging. Yes. With RCS. Yes. What does RCS stand for? Rich Communication Services. Okay. And it's like SMS, but encrypted? Um, It's, it's basically like uh, <laughs> iMessage. Okay. But it's not iMessage. It is not end-to-end encrypted. <laughs> Four problems. Not enough carriers have adopted it. Those that did, did not adhere to the standards. It's not end-to-end encrypted. And Apple has precisely zero say about it, which everyone has interpreted as code for, LOL, we have iMessage. Good luck with that RCS thing, bye. Isaac is not a fan. Yeah, no, I'm with you, Isaac. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so they're trying to improve SMS, but they have no authority to actually improve SMS. Yeah, they're just going to try and just basically drop it like a bad habit, get RCS, which is more along the lines useful for commercial entities and not the actual end user. 
Uh, FCC has claimed that streaming services mean that conventional cable is no longer a monopoly. Yeah, so the the, <clears throat> the history behind this is the fact that when cable companies were new, uh, they wanted, uh, yeah, 1992, um, there was a rule in place saying that if you were <clears throat> the only cable provider in an area, you were not allowed to set your own rates. The local regulators at the time were basically permitted to regulate the cable prices. So the cable company could not use its monopoly to just, you know, skyrocket prices. Right. Makes sense. You know, put a check on a monopoly. Hey, that's a good thing. Um, but Charter, yay, Charter, um, says that AT&T's streaming service, which used to be DirecTV Now, or it's now called, what, AT&T TV Now, um, mm-hmm. uh, is an online streaming service with comparable programming and is available from an LEC affiliate in the franchise area. So they're basically just saying that the AT&T TV now is uh, comparable to the AT&T TV cable service. So therefore, there is no longer a monopoly. In the that's, areas, that's that, right, Isaac. In the areas that uh, Charter was complaining about. So yeah. So now, any place that somebody um, can have an now, th- this one is not towards Netflix or Hulu because those are not actual local exchange carriers, which is what the petition can say. Mm-hmm. So the good news is that Charter can't use this argument against Netflix or Hulu. It just it it's not legally possible. But they can, they can and they have now done this against AT and T, which means that no surprise. Uh, Charter confirmed that it would raise prices if the petition was successful. Which it was. Yeah. And so they'll raise their prices. Yep. Because goddamn the FCC. Weren't, weren't we, like, praising the FCC, you know, four years ago and saying, man, the FCC is, like, doing great, we're so happy about this? Uh, yes, but that's because the FCC is a political entity. Yeah. There, it's a, it's... It's in the rules that it must be, you know, whoever is the, you know, it's, it's part of the executive branch. So therefore, you know, it must be a f- three to two favor of the um, the current political office. So it is a political entity there. It's, it's no questions about it, which is why I feel like, you know, Congress really needs to not keep using rules from 1992 and earlier and actually needs to do some actual telecom legislation to try and curb this back and forth that we're seeing. 1992. I mean, how about like the 1920 stuff? Uh, there are. Are, yes, there are technically still some of the 1927 and 1932 rules in place, but a lot of that is with the legacy carriers like radio, because, you know, hey, what was around back then? Radio. Right. <clears throat> Goddamn Ajit Pai. Bus. bus? Is there a bus? Yes, yes, there is. There needs to be a research paper on, and there probably is, I wonder if there is, on understanding the speech patterns of toddlers. Oh, there's gotta be. The the amount of early childhood education stuff out there is just Well, because like parents I've 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 been, you know, watching many groups have their, their children and raising their kids and like parents know what their kids are saying most of the time. Yeah. Far more so than other people near their children. Well, and a lot it's, of it it's, is context of where you're currently at. You know, he can well, he can say something, and at a previous time, I would have understood what that means mm-hmm. um, because. But it it's more than context. Like context plays a part in it, but it's just like even if you and I were in the same room with him, you would lo- understand more of what he says than I do. Well, that, like I'm it's, saying, it's because it, I've I've had previous encounters of it. Mm, like I, okay. you know, when he says the word six, no, he's not going to do it. My trained monkey isn't working. <laughs> Oh, no. Almost like he's a person with his own agency. I know. It's crazy. What are you doing now? You want to snuggle? Okay. Hi. My friend's daughter is just a little older than Isaac and and has her own, like, jungle gym. Like, huge jungle gym because she loved climbing things. And so they got her a a giant little play gym that she could climb. But every so often she gets stuck up at the top. And so my friend has been (laughs) training her (coughs) when she's up at the top to say... I'm going to die up here before he helps her. Oh, goodness. Because what are children if not social experiments? So other streaming news is that it, is this federal law? What? Um, yeah, a, um, a U.S. lawmaker has put forth an act yes. um, called the Reliable Emergency Alert Distribution Improvement Act. Reliable Alert Okay. Reliable Emergency Alert Distribution Improvement Act ready. I swear there is literally probably a staffer in everybody's office whose sole job is just to come up with acronyms. Or backronyms. Or backronyms, yes. Yeah, so what? say this one again. The Reliable Emergency Alert Distribution Improvement Act. 
That's not an acronym. Ready, R-E-A-D-I. Oh, okay. I, I was including the final A. No. Like, Readya? What the hell is that? No, Ready Act. Okay. The Ready Act? Yes. Add stretching it because it's an I instead of a Y. Well, you try coming up with a reliable emergency alert distribution Y word. <laughs> I probably wouldn't have gone with Ready. I probably would have tried for, like, alert or something. So his bill yeah. will basically make it so streaming services like Netflix and Disney and everybody will include the emergency alerts that TV and radio have to, and actually now your cell phone, have to uh, broadcast. Okay. I mean, it could get kind of weird with people who are, like, vpn Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, I'm thinking about it. It's like if you're watching Netflix on your phone, well, you're already going to get the Wii alert. you get double alerts? Yeah. Would you get double alerts? Well, technically, you probably would if you are if you were streaming a radio station on your cell phone, then you would, the radio station itself would have the EAS come over the audio, but then your cell phone also would get the same exact alert. It'd be really interesting, because, like, which one would show up first? Um, trying to remember, I literally (laughs) sat in on a presentation on this, because we had talked about the structure of the national alerts being, uh, being the backup, (laughs) the primary backup for Southwest Michigan for emergency alerts. I kind of, sort of have to know these things. Um, shoot, I think, if I remember correctly, the, the radio station would probably get the alert and get it out first. Just the way that the, um, just the way that the, the way, the way the things are organized on the cellular end. But I'd, I'd love to see that. I'd love to actually find out when the next national alert is, which probably be sometime next year. Cause the cell phone carriers dropped their ball. Yeah. Yeah. Only a, the, the national alert, I think only a quarter of all cell phone users actually got the alert. Oh, that's, that is indeed dropping the ball. Yeah. So, but yeah, this alert would actually say that streaming services would be required to uh, carry the emergency alerts as well. And it would also be illegal for consumers to opt out of federal emergency alerts on their phones and would require alerts by the U.S. president and FEMA to be repeated um, multiple times on TV and radio stations. Because right now it's just, it's one and done. And so if you miss it, too bad. Yes. I'm not against this. No, it, it. I don't know if I'd say I'm for this, but I'm not against it. Like I, I'm having a hard. You know, usually when something comes up like this, where there's a mandate, where there is a requirement, I try to think of like, how could this be abused? How could this go wrong? Where could this? I'm having trouble finding something like that for this one. <clears throat> I'm looking at the thing there. It's like you know, uh, make it illegal for consumers to opt out of federal emergency alerts. I, you literally cannot opt out of federal emergency alerts on your phone right now. It's it's literally you you can't. There is an right. override for the presidential alerts. Right. So I don't even know why that section is even in the legislation, but it is. Um. Yeah. No. I'm. In in the, the uh, we're in kind of the severe weather window for tornadoes and such. So you know I've seen countless times where TV stations will break away from you know primetime football or The Bachelor that sort of thing there to bring you know tornado warnings. <laughs> yeah. And I'm okay with that. There are other people who are like, you know, uh, I think Zimmerman, who um, who is a weather meteorologist for TV station up in Flint, I do believe. Supposedly has said that she has gotten death threats sometimes from watchers because they have... Who's, whose thing got interrupted? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Death threats? According to her, she's gotten one and she's heard of stories of other weather people getting others. So, yeah. Because, heaven forbid, people want to keep you safe from a tornado. Yeah. Rather than you watching the bachelor so yeah no i i'm really not against this one at all you know the the more ways we can notify people the better it can be (laughs) you just have to make sure that the checks are in place so you don't get things like the hawaii test which i still love that i mean literally we were literally recording when that thing went out yeah but like there are checks in place to stop that it's just the guy messed up yeah and you don't want too many checks because you want like if it were an actual missile attack, you don't want to have to sit there and spam confirm five times. You want yeah. the information to go out. Yes. Okay. Uh, Google did a quantum computing. Yes, they did some sort of calculation. I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. But according to them, they did a quantum computing problem that they solved in 200 <laughs> seconds. And they said the world's fastest supercomputer would take 10,000 years to solve it, which... IBM, uh, was it IBM or Intel came out afterwards and said, no, it would only take it a couple days. IBM. 
because they okay. were the ones who actually built the yeah, uh, supercomputer. Yeah. But like IBM's like, wait a second, we built the computer you're comparing it to. Um, you guys, we, we could do it in a couple days. Yes. That said two hours versus a couple days. No, no, no. no. Two and a no, half no. days. There it is. Two, two and a half days versus 200 seconds. Oh, they did it in 200 seconds. Okay. Yes. Like that's still a big gap. Yeah. Uh, Google has not revealed any information about this computer, just that they were able to do this calculation. Really? Didn't they have the... I thought they published it in Nature. They they published that they did stuff, but I don't think they published, like, how many qubits or what the setup was like. U-Block is stopping me from going to the actual article. <laughs> That paper has not been peer-reviewed. All right. Uh, Google's out. Okay, 50, holy f- 54 qubits. So that's a, quantum that's a lot computing. of qubits. That's a lot of qubits. Uh, quantum computing, so just to, to talk about this briefly, is really complex. Like, the science behind it is effing weird. And there, there's, a, there's a thing where there's like, here's a way to explain quantum computing, except it's almost entirely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but it's useful. It's usefully wrong because it, it starts to introduce you to what actually is going on. And so the idea of a, a qubit is a quantum bit. And so I'm going to give the like mostly wrong but still kind of usefully wrong explanation. With normal bits, you have on and off, right? Yeah. And so if I have one bit, I can have potentially two different values. Yes. On or off. And if I have two bits, then I have two to the right i get four values i get on off on 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 off off on and off off yes and if i have eight bits then i have i'm sorry if i have three bits i have eight values right it's two to the n yes and so that's kind of cool and you can do a lot with that right 32 bits all of a sudden you have an insane number of combinations and this is where i actually had a discussion with my father about this recently he's like okay so what's the difference between that and a qubit because a qubit can be on or off or both because it's in superposition is like isn't it still this you know two to the n and the difference is with a qubit it's not that i have on off or both it's not that so one qubit can hold two values cool and two qubits can hold four values yep except that it's four values at once. When I'm dealing with bits, at any time, there is only one value. With qubits, I actually hold all the values. At the same time? Yeah. And it's even, like, weirder than that. But essentially, the the idea of, of quantum computing is, uh, I, I give you a problem, Andy, and I say, I want you to, uh, take every number between 1 and 20 and square it. Well, on a, on a classical computer, you would just write a for loop, and you'd go from 1 to 20, and you'd square each number, right? Yeah. And so you have to loop through it 20 times. On a quantum computer, I can do that in one step. I can square those 20 different numbers all at the same time, and it holds the results in superposition. Now, the problem is I can't read all of those results. I have to read a result. So you have to do some really fancy stuff with quantum computing to solve certain types of problems using constructive and destructive interference. That brain hurts. (laughs) Uh, There's a really, really good video from Minute Physics. (laughs) Quantum computing in one minute. Go. They took more than a minute for it. Okay. Uh, hang on, let me look up the video. Uh, yeah, how quantum computers break encryption. It's actually a 17-minute video. (laughs) But it's really cool, and, like, it walks you through the process. And it's like, here's why quantum computing is going to destroy encryption. All encryption, ever. Yeah, no, because a lot of the encryption right now is based off of just really big prime numbers, which are really hard for current computers to work on. Yeah, well, most, yes, yes. It's really big numbers, and it's finding the prime factorization of those really big numbers. Yes. But because of some interesting math and quantum computing, in theory, once we have strong enough quantum computers, that's nothing. Yeah. Like, it's just gone. So Google has a really strong quantum computer, like really ridiculously strong. And I want to know how long they were able to hold it. This is the other problem with modern quantum computers is you have to get everything into superposition and you have to hold it there. That takes a lot of energy. <clears throat> huh. <sighs> but yeah, that's a big step forward. I don't doubt it. So speaking of other... 54 qubits. Jesus Christ. Last last topic I want to hit before we go to the randoms. Hang on. Hang on. One, one more thing. Thing. Okay. What is two to the fifty-four? Because that's a stupidly big number, isn't it? 
No, not that. Two to the 54th power is 18 quadrillion. That's a lot. So again, this computer could, in theory, hold 18 quadrillion values at once. Jesus. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. You said there was one more topic. Yeah. Speaking of um, weird technology in the future, um, the U.S. Naval Research Laboratory uh, just started working on, well, they've been working on, but they had uh, successfully used power transmitted over laser. What? They were able to. Isn't that from like SimCity 2000? They had a laser. The the microwave station? Yeah, the laser um, was beamed across 325 meters and was able to transmit 400 watts of power. So wireless power over laser. Laser power. But 400 watts, A, not that much. Yep. B, how much power was lost in the transmission. Do you want to know how big the, how powerful the laser was? How powerful was the laser? Two kilowatts. So two kilowatt laser transmitted 400 watts of power. Yes. Approximately 350. 80% loss of power. Yes. Over a thousand feet, basically. Yeah. Two kilowatt laser went a thousand feet and... More than a thousand. 325 meters is a thousand, sorry, a thousand sixty six feet. Okay, yeah, 1,066. 0.27. <clears throat> okay, so it's got a lot of work. Yes, but in theory, they, they... I love this. They, um... On one end of the testing facility, the receiver was converting the laser energy to DC power, which was an in, which was then inverted, uh, turning into AC power to run lights, several laptops, and a coffee maker that the organizers were using to make coffee for the NT attendees, or... Laser lattes. Cute. Very cute. So they're talking about using these and shooting lasers at, like, drones to charge the drones remotely. Yes. And then the other way they were talking about as well was using these for space-based solar energy. Right. Where you put a giant solar panel in space so that it is always getting power. Yes. And it fires a laser at the ground. Yes. And you have a receiver on the ground. Yes. Which Asimov actually wrote into one of his stories a long time ago. Well, it makes sense. What happens when it misses? Well, this is the one that they were talking about here is the fact that um, the most notable uh, notice the most. Go ahead. Yeah, try again. The most notable aspect of the demonstration, according to this article here, was the technology's integrated safety systems. No one in the test facility that day was wearing laser safety goggles or any other kind of safety gear. The safety systems were made it effectively impossible for anyone to be exposed to hazardous levels of energy, according to the man. Mm. They still have to grapple with the effects of snow, rain, and other weather phenomena interfering with the laser beam, but the designers have also given a lot of thought to the prospect of humans or animals crossing through the beam and inadvertently getting a face full of laser. <laughs> I like this guy. I don't know who this guy is, but I'm liking him. He's, he's pretty interesting. I'm still like, laser lattes and getting this. a face full of laser. Yeah, but like also super dangerous. I mean, we, we need to research into things, even if they're dangerous. We just need to do it responsibly. And laser transmitted power would be really cool. But again, I'm terrified of like the space based laser beam. What happens when it misses? Yeah, because that's not going to be a two kilowatt laser. No, no, it's not going to be a two kilowatt laser. You need to punch through the atmosphere. First off, you're punching a laser through the atmosphere. Isn't like, that going to heat up the atmosphere, the, the local atmosphere around it? Well, let's think about this. It was a two kilowatt laser and they got 400 watts out of it. Going a thousand where did the feet. Other, where did the other 1600 watts go? Probably into the atmosphere. Was that so? Was like, that heating the room? Is that what was going on? I don't on? know. I, I don't know. Usually, if there's an energy loss, it's going to heat or yeah. to motion, which is also really kind of heat. Yeah. No heat. So like, I don't know. I mean, for goodness sakes, I, we, I know we had talked about the AM transmitters many moons ago, but yeah, there are plenty of places where the AM transmitter is your heat source for the building for winter. You don't you don't need a heat source for the building. You need an AC unit for the summer, but for the winter, you just turn off the AC unit and you, you just let the transmitter inefficiency be your heat source for the building. So I don't know, but it I, it's neat. We'll see where it goes. Uh, honestly, probably nowhere in our lifetime. Probably not. But I'm, <laughs> I'm glad somebody's, you know, at least thinking about it. Granted. Someone's looking into it. Yeah. All right. Randoms? Randoms. My review. Hold on. Let me I would like to my review. phone. I would like to review my new phone. Clean the top of your screen. What? Which is very similar to Andy's phone. Yes. I'd like to swipe up to unlock, please. I, it won't let me unlock. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> 
Can you can you not get into your phone? It says clean the top of your screen. Swipe up to open. Okay. Yes, I like to swipe up to open. Oh, there we go. Jeez. <laughs> okay, I'm in my phone now. We may continue. Okay. I thank you. I appreciate your your permission. Uh, <laughs> Andy and I both ordered. The Google Pixel 4, although you got the regular one, right? Yes. And I got the 4XL. Yes, I got the regular one because it is basically literally the same size as my LG G6. Uh, mine is significantly bigger than my old Galaxy <laughs> S7. As, Although, as interestingly it be, yeah. enough, it is not much wider. The The aspect ratio is really different. This is a much longer phone. Which I'm actually used to that aspect ratio because the LG G6 basically, I think, had, I think, almost the same exact aspect ratio. I don't as know. this guy. Hold on. Let me look that up. Uh, Pixel 4 aspect ratio, 19 by 9. Are you looking at Pixel 4? Pixel 4 XL. Uh, oh, sorry. That's Pixel 4 XL. Uh, Pixel 4 220. Two by ten eighty. So I don't know what the heck that ratio is off the top of my head. I have no idea. Uh, let me see what this guy says. Pixel four. <laughs> nineteen. Uh, Pixel four will be coming with a nineteen by nine <laughs> aspect ratio. Okay. So all right. So let's see what the LG G six aspect ratio is. 18 by 9. So it's pretty... Close. Yeah. Very similar. Yes. So um, I'm already used to that similar aspect ratio Yeah, on for, the for me, it's taking a little bit to get used to the bigger thing. There's a few interesting things about this phone that I've found so far. Um, there's no... So there's no fingerprint scanner. Nope. It is facial recognition to unlock the phone. Yes. Has Have you noticed how quickly it does that for yours? It's not bad, actually, when it actually, you know, works. I've I've yet to have an issue with it. In fact, I mine unlocked in, like, scarily low-light situations, where effectively the only light was the phone itself. Well, yeah, because it uses a laser grid on your face. <laughs> That's terrifying. It's not using the camera? I think it does. Or is it using, like, the, the radar bullshit that it's using for the... Um, gesture controls i'm trying to uh, everybody's i'm just trying to look up face unlock and all i'm getting is the articles about how the fact that you can unlock it with your eyes closed yeah i mean is that a bad thing other than you know if i'm asleep someone could hold the phone in front of me and unlock it yes it does bring up the issue of like when when a uh when the police want to unlock it not that the police should ever want to unlock my phone but if i have this phone and i'm like no i have a right to privacy you do not get access to it because i have a password on it and they just like hold it up to my face is that violating the privacy i don't know that's something to think about um yeah it's it's super, yeah yeah like the iphone the pixel 4 uses infrared illumination and cameras to scan the user's face in 3d so it, it uses uh, an infrared yeah that's why so you don't see anything because somewhere in that yeah because it's beyond our vision but not beyond the phone's vision yep uh setup was stupidly easy Yes, yes, it was because it just sucked in all the data from my old phone. It, um, I'm, yeah, I'm I, I had to plug the two that. phones in together, but still, it was just like, hey, pull the things in there. It's like, yeah, just chill for a second, and I'm like, okay, it's like, yep. all right, all done. You can unplug your phones now. I'm just like, shit, that's it. it, it and then it pulled. Ev- then it like downloaded it 170 apps. Yeah. Now I'm coming from a phone that had eight gigabytes of internal storage. Uh, to 128 gigabytes of internal storage. So I used to have to be very careful about what apps I had installed. Now I'm just like, oh yeah, no, that's a that's a thing. I can just pull that in. Cool. Oh yeah, I got to download all my wizarding apps. My for Harry Potter. For Harry Potter. Yep, you can download all the data now. I can download all the data now, and it's not going to yell at me. Oh my god. Yep. Um, it's it's been an interesting switch to this phone. I think one of the coolest features that I've I've gotten to see so far and. Haven't dove, 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 dived into very deeply is the 90 frame per second screen. It was a surprise and a shock when I was playing Pokemon Go and all of the sudden it looked fantastic. Like, holy shit, it looked amazing. And I, re- I realized later it had moved to a 90 frame per second rendering. Which I thought I thought Pokemon Go was actually locked at a lower frame rendering. It is evidently not, because I was getting 90 FPS, and it was smooth. I haven't figured out what controls it, because right now I'm looking at it, and it is indeed locked in at that lower FPS. Yeah, Google Pixel 4 disables 90 hertz display for these four apps, including Pokemon Go. Well... Niantic also capped the game at 30 frames per second, according to... 
um, nine to five Google. I, I don't know what to tell you because I definitely got it at more than 30 FPS. Now, it may have been because I was cheating <laughs> and I put it into split screen. Oh, okay. Yeah. So right now I'm in split screen mode. I have Ingress on the bottom and Pokemon Go on the top. And it's going like, it looks good. And so maybe it's the split screen is like getting around that. I don't know. But it is just like... You also have to have your screen crap. brightness up high for the 90 hertz to work. I thought you have to have it low. No, no, no. I have to have it high because the, the flicker rate is more noticeable at lower brightnesses. Are you sure about that? From what I... Uh... Because they, they disabled it on high brightness because it drains the battery. And they didn't want the one-two punch of of the battery drain. Uh, discovery made by who found the Pixel 4's 90 hertz smooth display drops to 60 hertz, <laughs> which is the standard for most smartphones when the brightness is set below 75%. Oh, the automatic switching can be overridden by going into the developer options menu and enabling the Force 90 hertz setting. I haven't gone into dev options yet. I should probably do that. I haven't gone into like any of the options yet on this <laughs> thing. I'm still slowly so, going through my old phone and making sure I've got all the apps because you know some yep, and Google Google them. only downloaded the apps that were in the app store uh why did you have non app store apps what are you putting on your phone sir amazon apps no oh, most of those are in the google store some of them are not oh, as i'm finding ones? out wait which of my amazon i have amazon alexa kindle music store what other apps are there uh there were some other ones that i had specifically gotten only that they only existed on the amazon app store third-party apps okay so those did not transfer those did not get downloaded by google <clears> so i'm going through and basically i'm decommissioning my old phone a couple of apps at a time because the old phone still works it's just you know the vibration doesn't work so it's kind of hard to know anything but you know if i keep that thing plugged in we could use that as your you know your chromecast amazon prime basically you know your little multimedia server yeah 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 i'm i'm enjoying the phone i i like it a lot the setup was fine uh getting it activated on sprint was a bit of a pain my T-Mobile was pretty, I just put the SIM card in and I plugged it in and it's like, all right, you're working. And I'm just like, do I have to act? I don't even know. If, I wonder if T-Mobile actually knows if it, the phone actually exists or not. I tried moving the SIM card and then I contacted Sprint and they're like, okay, let's try this and this and this and this. And an hour and a half later, they're like, you should probably take it to the store. And I'm like, God damn. And I took it to the store. And before I left, I'm like, hey, there's an option for eSIM. Is that something we can do? Because they're like, your SIM card is too old for this phone. I'm like, I don't think that's a thing, but sure. No, that that's a thing. And and I'm like, well, is there, you know, there's this eSIM option. And they're like, no, the phone doesn't support that. I'm like, no, I'm staring at the screen that says eSIM. And they're like, no, the phone won't do that. I don't have that option here. And so I take it to the store and the guy takes it from my hand. He says, okay, uh, what do you need? And I'm like, I need a SIM card. He's like, this phone doesn't take SIM cards. It has eSIM. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, here. And five minutes later, he had it running. <laughs> Two hours on chat with Sprint. Two hours! I could have had it done in ten minutes. Um, I don't know, I'm trying to think of anything else I want to specifically call out on the phone. Um, How is your battery? I haven't really stress tested it. Because I'm still in the habit of keeping my phone plugged in a lot. Because my old phone did not last very long with the battery. Yeah, because everybody had complained about the battery. So one of my first, actually, since I had it this week at work, I specifically did not plug it in at work. Yeah. I specifically just left it on my desk. I, you know, I had it on the, I've got a wireless charger now on my phone, uh, in my car rather than the magnet one that I used to have, mm-hmm. um, which it's not, you know, the full high speed one because that one was back ordered. So I got a lower speed one. So I'm thinking I'm getting maybe half and half, a, half an amp to maybe three quarters of an amp rather than, you know, the one to two of the, the faster one. Um, but you know, I, I was like, you know, what, all right, I'm going to chest to see how long this battery lasts. And I get down to maybe, 40-50% by the time I'm done at night with just normal cell phone usage. Just, you know, doing my normal cell phoning stuff during the day. I, I had <laughs> not seen it go below 40% yet. So I don't know what people are complaining about battery-wise. Granted, I haven't taken this thing out to do Harry Potter or Ingress yet. But most of the time when I'm out doing that, I've got a battery pack with me. Right. So, And that's the thing. Like, I carry a battery pack. Yeah. So I, I don't know how good or bad it is. Uh, what I can do, what I think I will do, is start up and if this, then that. And I wonder, what are my options on my battery? Let's see, to monitor a device's charging and battery status. What I'd like is for it to, like, every hour just log what the battery is at. Enter a valid email address. Yes, that is my email address. Thank you. The other problem with the new phone is I have to sign into all the apps again and... Oh, I, I, yeah, I spent a good amount of time looking at that and messing around with that. How, how long did you have to take to 
move over all of your two-factor authentication stuff? Uh, it took about 10 minutes. I have a lot of them where they won't let you put two devices on there. You have to decommission it and then commission it back up again. Yep, I had to do that too for Dashlane, for Discord, for Google itself. Um, the Microsoft one that I use for work actually allows two devices. So that one's actually set up. I don't have many other two-factor authentications. <clears throat> all right, T-Mobile, I'd like to reset my password, please. Thank you. <clears throat> so it's it's good. I, it's expensive, though. Like, holy crap, this phone costs a lot of money. Did you um, did you just buy it outright, or did you use the financing options? I tr- So <laughs> I tried to do the financing, and I mistyped my social. And so it's like, we can't process this. You need to call us. And so I called, and it's like, okay, we made the correction, and so you'll get your account, and you can use the account in two weeks. Oh, jeez. I'm like, but I'm trying to make a purchase now. And like, I'm sorry, you can use the account in two weeks. And so I said, okay, can I cancel the account? So I opened and canceled the account immediately, which I'm not sure what that's going to do to my credit score. And I'm a little ticked about that. But I mean, what am I going to do? Yeah. Uh, So I paid for it outright. Yeah, I did that through Amazon as well. Did you get a fun box at all through Google or no? A fun box? Yeah, I guess there were some people who were getting their Pixel 4s in like a cereal box. It was not in a cereal box. Uh, it, it was in just like a Pixel 4 box. Okay. You got, people got it in a cereal box? Yeah, just, I think it just probably Google Pixel 4 cereal box. Yep, That's there it weird. is. No, I, I did not get it in a cereal box. How's, how's the, uh, gesture controls for you? I don't know if I even have them activated. I'm still getting used to, like, the no buttons. So, like, if I want to swap apps, you have to go up from the bottom and just a little bit and then hold it there. Yes, and I hate that the clear all is all the way over on the left. Because oh, there's yeah, sometimes where I'm just like, you know what, I want to just, I want to clear out of all the apps. Be nice if it was literally there on the right side. But no, I got to scroll all the way over to the left and then hit clear yeah. all. I mean, what's the advantage of it? Freeing up all RAMs? The yeah. The phone handles that. The other, <laughs> the other thing that I'm having difficulty with, and I think it might be my case specifically, is the back button. The back button. There is no back button. I know. It's there's a swipe a, from the right there's edge. There's a swipe from, the, uh, from either edge, actually. Really? All right, hold on. I've only thought there's it was a, on the right side. I don't side. believe you. Okay, so that went backwards. Oh my God, it is from the left side. Yep, you're welcome. I was going to say, this phone is annoyingly right-handed in that aspect. Oh, because <laughs> you're a lefty. Yep. Uh, the other kind of weird thing about the phone, and I, I think it's it's cute, uh, when you swipe up from the bottom to go back home, whatever app you are looking at shrinks to its little container. All right, hold on. I can't get that. <laughs> I did it once, and I'm trying to do it a second time. The swipe from left? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, there it goes. Okay. <clears throat> That's going to be a pain in the butt. To- yeah, I, I think it's my case. I need to get a different case for this thing. No, I got the Google case. It's like fabric with cardboard in it. Yeah, I saw that and I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm not sure how I feel about this case. I thought it was going to be a little beefier than it is. I mean, it's it's solid. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to look at it, if, especially if there's a lot of edge swiping stuff on here. I might have to. Yeah, this case. There's a there's a fair amount of edge swipe. Yeah, this case definitely a fair got, amount of edge swipe is not built for edge swiping. So yeah, okay. Um, it's a good phone. Mm-hmm. I, I hope people weren't coming to this like looking for a a in depth review. It's a good phone. I'm happy to use it. I'm very happy with the, the upgrade that it represents from my old phone, which was overheating when I would try to play a game. <clears throat> right. Should we hit the random topic yeah. then? Yeah. Side note, the Pixel 4 is now currently sold out on Amazon. So Not surprising. No. Um, random topic. <clears throat> rolled ahead of time. Where's it at? Here it is. What would you do with yourself if you were sentenced to a summer without phones, computers, electricity, and you were required to work on an isolated lighthouse on the Great Lakes with three other men for a summer. Um, what did I do to deserve this? Yeah, that's what really. Okay, so first off, how is the lighthouse working without electricity? That welcome to ancient Greece. What, like a fire-based lighthouse? I don't know. Okay, uh, I'd pick a skill and start getting really good at it. I that or I'd play so much Pathfinder and D anD. d Yeah, it was, you, a lot of books, like actual books. Yes, because yeah, your Kindle would work for a short period of time until it won't, and without electricity, <clears throat> you can't charge it. No. My other question is why. Who are these other three people that also got stuck in this? Are they nice people? Like, yeah. are they are they friends? Do I know <laughs> these people? Are these just because like random people? If it was if it was you, me, and Bry, and one other person, like that that would be an interesting summer. Mm-hmm. No electricity. God, if there's no electricity, there's no refrigeration. Yep. What are we doing for food? 
I don't know. I feel like this whole situation is a lot. I don't like fish. Like, that, that feels like that would be a huge element of the food, right? Yeah. If we're stuck at a lighthouse on the coast of Lake Michigan, like, what are we eating? I, I don't know, I, man. I don't know. This I'm, is... I'm not, I'm not pleased with being stranded here. No. The electricity, like, I get that the, the point of the question is, like, how would you survive without the internet or video games or phones or technology? And I'm like, well, but some technology is important. It gets cold over there on the coast of Lake Michigan. Yeah. How are we staying warm? Granted, it is the summer, so it's not, like, cold, cold. It can get pretty... I mean, I guess at night you can put blankets on, but, like, yeah, I think I'd start, like, working out every day, doing something to pass the time. I'd get really good at cooking. I'd take a bunch of cookbooks. Yes, yeah, if you got... (laughs) We had, you know, nothing but time. Yeah. If it's a lighthouse and there's no electricity, like, how does... Somebody would have to basically stay up every night. We have to, to rotate the, that to keep the the lighthouse alight. Yeah, yeah. Like we'd have to work in shifts, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why there's four people is is so that you can just take a six hour shift. Maybe because like that could work, right? If if it was if it was you and me, what time do you go to bed? Uh, now sometime between eleven and midnight. So like I if if I have no technology, I can stay up till like two in the morning. Okay. That's not a big problem. So, like, I know people who go to bed at 6, not 6, at uh, at, at 8 p.m. I have friends who do that. That's a thing. So, like, we could start overlapping times and just having one person sleep at all time. This is a weird question. Mm-hmm. I like my answer. I, I try and get good at something, probably cooking. But where's the food coming from? I don't know. Carpentry? I could get good at carpentry. I mean, there's no electricity, so you can't run, like, a saw. No, hand tools. So maybe not, hand tools only. Maybe not carpentry. I'm not doing a, a hand tool only thing. No. Um, so not carpentry, but cooking. You do a lot of cooking without electricity. Oh, God, but anytime you have to beat eggs or make egg whites, oh, doing that by hand. Okay, so you get you get an egg beater. The old manual crank ones? Yeah. Yeah, great. That's I think still better out. than whisking by hand. Yes, yes. Mechanical advantage. I think I'm doing a lot of working out. What are you doing, Andy? Uh... I would say reading. There's, there, you know, I've got a lot of books that I would like to read. Yeah? Reading Wait, and running. you go running. through all the old Star Wars books. Yes, the old Star Wars books that I don't remember <laughs> anything about. Yep. Uh, all right. I think that's that's what we would do. Yep. So, uh, that's everything. On that, on that note, uh, that's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. Thank you.